Episode 27, Email Etiquette, Legal Writing. On the docket today, we discuss email etiquette, finding the proper register for your email, how to improve your email writing, importance of the salutation, a small talk debate, and brevity. The Four Legal English Podcast is now in session. Welcome to the Four Legal English Podcast. This is the show for lawyers, law students, and other professionals from all over the world who want to improve both their legal English and legal knowledge. In this podcast, we discuss different legal topics, such as law in the news, law in practice, legal writing, legal movies, and other issues. This podcast does not constitute legal advice. If you need legal advice, consult an attorney. Check out our blog articles in the show notes for this episode on our website. That's four is in the number four, legal English, no spaces or dashes.com. Fourlegalenglish.com. I'm Timothy Barrett, your host. I'm a former practicing attorney in the U.S., more recently a law professor in Tbilisi, Georgia, and currently an author and podcast host, among other things. Episode 27, Email Etiquette, Legal Writing. So what is email etiquette? What I mean by that is to be polite as well as being proper. Writing your email so that you're not offending people. At the same time, maybe you're even impressing them. You want to show off your professionalism, which is kind of a general knowledge, but also your specific knowledge and expertise. You want to leave a good impression with your email. After the recipient reads it, you want them to have a good impression of you. You certainly don't want them to have a negative impression of you. Way back in episode four, we looked at um, two writing questions. If you haven't listened to that, that episode, you may want to check it out after you finish this one. But one thing that we should always consider when we're writing is what is our goal from writing this email? What, do you, what are you trying to achieve? Maybe you're trying to just share information, but a lot of times we want something. We want the other person to say yes or maybe to say no or for them to respond and give us some specific information, or maybe to forward our email to somebody else and tell them to to respond to us. But we're looking for something out of this email. And you want to keep in mind that goal when you're writing the email. And of course, if you offend the recipient, or if when they read your email, they think that you're incompetent, is that going to help you achieve your goal? What will the recipient think? Are they going to be more or less likely to agree with you? And I'll be honest, a lot of this is just avoiding a negative result. It doesn't necessarily mean you'll have the positive result. What do I mean by that? If you follow proper etiquette and you have a well-written email, it doesn't mean that they're going to say yes. I mean, there's lots of other factors there. If you have an email written with improper etiquette or it's poorly written, well, that alone might make them say no. So you could fail just because of those things without even getting into the nuts and bolts, the nitty-gritty of whatever your argument is, whatever you're trying to do in the email. Just how it was written might get you the no. (music) 
register. What is register? When we're writing, what does it mean, the, the register of the writing? Well, when writing a letter or an email, register means the tone. Are we being very formal or informal, very friendly or, or hostile? Are we being very familiar or maybe we're very distant? It's often difficult for people to find the right register, the right tone, when writing an email. Of course, this is true even if English is your native language, but certainly if you're writing in another language, it's going to add to that difficulty. And for a lot of professionals, they don't want to appear too formal, but at the same time, you don't want to appear too informal either. So I'm going to give some advice, but of course, consider your culture, you know, what, is the, what are the norms there or the person that you're writing to. And sometimes you even have to take into account the corporate culture. You know, different organizations or corporations will have different expectations or different styles. So you may want to take that into account. Usually when I decide to register for the email, I think of it as two axes. On one of the axes is the relationship with the recipient. The other axis is the purpose of the letter. So let me explain that a little bit. The relationship with the recipient, how close are you to this person? Maybe your family members or best friends, you've known each other for, for years, for decades. That's going to be very different if you haven't even met this person, as well as your positions in the hierarchy. You know, If you're writing to a CEO of a large corporation that you've never met, it's going to be quite different than if you're writing to someone that's maybe in your company in a couple of notches below you in the ladder. So we want to take that in, into account. As well as the purpose of the letter. For instance, even if they are your best friend, you've known them for a long, long time, maybe you have bad news in the letter. You know, maybe there's something serious going on in the letter. So just because you know them well, you may want to have an informal greeting but that doesn't really match the purpose of the letter. So you want to take that into account as well. And also keep in mind that depending on what the letter is or the email is, they may have to share it or forward it to other people. You might want to avoid looking too close to them if other people are going to read it later. For instance, when I was a prosecutor, I dealt with a public defender. And you know, we had a, a lot of cases. Most of my cases are probably with this one public defender. It was the defense attorney. And after I had been working there for, for a little while, I realized that I would write him an email with an offer, and then he would print out those emails and show it to his client. You know, hey, this is what the prosecutor said. This is the offer. And, you know, maybe you'd recommend take it or not take it or whatever. They would discuss it. But once I, I knew that, I started to write the emails, or I was at least conscious of it when I wrote the emails. So I didn't want to write anything that was too familiar hey, are we still on for drinks on Friday? Oh, by the way, the, author, the offer is 10 years on this guy. You know, that doesn't kind of coincide with each other. And normally I'm not too informal or something like that anyway, but once I realized that, I, I kind of paid attention to it much more than I did previously. You never know what's going to happen to the email after you hit send, but certainly some of them you know or have a, a higher expectation that it will be shared, it will be forwarded. And you don't want to look bad, but also you don't want the recipient to look bad either, you know, if they are a friend, a colleague, something like that. So think about that when you're thinking about the, the level of formality. Now, usually I would recommend whatever the email to be polite and somewhat formal. However, sometimes you don't want to keep people at an arm's length. 
they're a client or someone new that wants to be friendly with you, they, they want to kind of be closer to you, you know, if you keep them at a distance, you keep them at arm's length, then maybe they're never going to become close to you. you know, and when they come to hire a new lawyer you know, for the next case, maybe they go somewhere else. So keeping people too far away from you all the time might not be the best strategy either. But just keep it in mind when, when you're coming up with the level of formality or the register of the email. And of course, sometimes we need to be firm or aggressive or even hostile in extreme cases. If the recipient or the recipient's client did something egregious to our client, something horrendous to our client, then we may need to be aggressive, outraged. You know, we may need to demand a quick remedy. In some situations, this would be an appropriate tone. But most of the time, if we had that same tone, we would actually be hurting our client's interest. There's an old expression, you can catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. And so often we want to start being a little bit more polite, more conciliatory, and then kind of escalate. So escalate is, is another great concept, but you start out you know, kind of with the soft touch, but then if they ignore it, if they're not receptive to it, then you get more and more firm. And so in a lot of situations, that, that can be a very effective way to handle it. Business email writing. Since we're on the topic of email writing, I wanted to introduce our new course, Business Email Writing. This course is a brand new course. It's launching next year, and it focuses on a lot of the, the nuts and bolts, the mechanics of writing an email, as well as a lot of strategies and tips to help you write a more effective email, to get the results that you want, and to get more responses, better responses. A lot of emails, unfortunately, are written very poorly, and they don't really achieve what they want to achieve. I'm sure that you read a lot of emails. How many of them are a pleasure to read? I know sometimes I'll get an email, and after I read it, I have to read it again because I have no idea what this person wants or you know, what they want from me. You know, they're telling me this whole, whole story, but I don't know necessarily what I have to do with it or what they want from me. And of course, if it's, if it's a, a colleague or even a boss, you kind of have to figure out something. You, know, you, you don't want to just, just ignore it. Other people, you may, maybe you just ignore it. Gee, I don't know what they want from me. So I'll say, okay, talk to you later, or just not reply at all. So especially during the pandemic, the last couple of years, I've taught a lot of business executives online from all over the world. And one of the areas that they always wanted to learn more about or to ask questions about is email. So a lot of times they're writing foreign colleagues, they're writing in English, which is not their native language. And they have questions about the formality or maybe how best to explain something, as well as general strategies or tips, how to thrive in the business world, you know, how to get the result that you want. In other words, how to write that more effective email. So the course itself will address a lot of these issues. And it's going to have some exercises and some feedback. So you'll get to practice some of the things that, that you're taught in the course, and you will get feedback on it. And this course is offered on the For Business English website, which is a, this, the companion website to For Legal English. That's at forbusiness-english.com. Or, of course, you can go to the For Legal English website and see the, the show notes, and that'll send you to the course as well. But right now, the, there is a big launch sale going on. If you are interested, check it out now before the sale disappears.
But what other aspects are you interested about email? If you are interested in improving your email writing skills, comment in the show notes and let me know what areas you are looking to, to improve or what other questions you have. Go to the show notes and comment. What areas are you looking to improve with, with your email writing? Or what other questions about email writing do you have? Salutation. The importance of dear. So salutation is basically the first line in the, in the sentence, the first line in the email. It's called the salutation or the greeting. And the standard greeting in a letter or an email is dear in the person's name. Now, you could say something else. This is not the only option. You could say hello, hi, greetings, or even more informal ways. And sometimes people might not even use the name. I generally recommend it to at least use the recipient's name so it's personalized. And we'll talk more about that in the business email writing course. But, but right now, I just want to focus on dear, because I think this should be the default greeting, the default salutation. In other words, in professional emails, business emails, we always start with dear name. Now, depending on that level of formality, the register that we want, it could be the title and the surname, the last name, or it could be the first name, you know, dear Mr. Smith or dear Dr. Smith or dear Jane, whatever is more appropriate, depending on our relationship with the recipient and the formality of the email itself. Now, when thinking about that formality, generally I try to keep it equal or a little bit more formal than in person. And of course, consider the nature of the email. Is it casual or is it something serious or something somber? And like we talked about before, what's the likelihood of others reading the email? And sometimes it is fine to say hi or hello or good morning. Generally in business emails, I usually stick to dear. And I can't emphasize enough, don't make any mistakes. The salutation is very short. It's the first thing after the subject that is read. Don't make it the last thing that is read. The title should be correct. You know, is it Mr. or Mrs.? Is it doctor or professor? Uh, you know, what title do they have? And of course, their name should be spelt correctly. If it's not, why would they keep reading? So I'm kind of curious if you've ever gotten emails or other letters where your name was misspelled or maybe your title was wrong, something was wrong with it. You know, how did you feel about that? Was that something that you kind of glanced over without noticing? How did that make you feel? Because it's been my experience that everyone knows how to spell their name. And if it's spelled incorrectly, they might not notice other spelling errors, but that's definitely one spelling error, one typo that they will notice. So I, you don't want to make any mistakes with that. And this episode actually has a, a short quiz or survey, and I have some questions kind of like this and some other questions I'd love to hear your thoughts on. If you go to the show notes, in the middle there's a, a short quiz, uh, just a few questions, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on this topic and some other topics that I have in the quiz as well. So if you are interested, please check that out in the show notes. Small talk. There's a huge debate, you know, should you include small talk in a professional email or, or not? 
Many believe you should start every email with small talk. And what do I mean by that? Something like, how are you doing? Are you enjoying the winter weather? Hope you and your family are doing well. Any exciting summer plans? Or what have you been up to? How was your trip to Vienna? However, some argue don't do this. You could lose credibility. It's a waste of time. Just get to your point. And it can be intrusive. You know, why ask about my personal life if I've never talked to you about it before? And in other words, it might not be genuine. You know, are you asking me this, but do you really care? Do you really want to know what, what my summer plans are? Or how did you even know I went to Vienna? Are you stalking me? What's going on? Now, I get into this in much more detail with, with the email writing course. And I myself do have mixed feelings about this. So I'm not quite sure that there's one right answer. I don't have time to get in depth here, but I did want to bring it up. And what is your opinion? Do you include small talk when you write an email? And do you like it when you receive an email with small talk? Do you answer the questions? I'm interested in your answers. In fact, uh, the quiz that I mentioned before will have a, a couple of questions about this. So please go to the show notes at For Legal English and check out the quiz and tell me about your email habits. I am curious what most of my listeners do. Do you include the small talk or not include the small talk? Please let me know. Brevity. Brevity means to be short and concise, or, or in other words, to be brief. And with email writing, brevity is king. It's very, very important to be brief. And you might be wondering, what does brevity have to do with etiquette? But make no mistake, when you write a long email that could be a short email, that is considered rude. That does breach the protocols of etiquette. Of course, sometimes we, we have a lot of information that we need to share or discuss, but there are alternatives to email that may be much more effective when you have a, a lot of information like that. Or it may be more effective to break it up into a few emails, you know, kind of bite-sized emails instead of one huge email, depending on what the context is, depending on what your audience is, of course. But pretty much everyone agrees that longer emails are ineffective. There's lots of studies on this. If it's too long, the reader just skims it, or they just skip it. They don't even read it. And it's the same result if it is poorly written or not organized. If you're going kind of scattershot all over the place, the reader is looking for you know, maybe one piece of information, and they can't find it, but it's in there somewhere, that's not very helpful. So let's consider the, this scenario. An email from Jan asks two questions. An email from Dan asks 12 questions. Now, the boss replies to both, and in each reply answers two questions. So, which email was more effective? Shan's or Dan's? Writing short, concise emails is difficult. We spend a lot of time on this in the email writing course, but of course it takes practice and also intention. You have to intentionally choose to make it a short email, a concise email. And you don't want to cut out some information that, that really needs to be included. You do have to do it in a precise way. Mark Twain has a famous quote. Sorry this letter is so long. I didn't have time to write a short letter. And when you first hear that, like, whoa, you know, that doesn't make sense. You know, what are you talking about? But I think it, it is actually very true. 
you know, when you were a kid, or at least this was my experience, it was difficult to write a long text. You know, you had to write, you know, a page or 300 words or whatever it was for the school assignment. I always had trouble meeting that, that length. You know, it was difficult to write long. But as you become an adult, or professional anyway, it's difficult to write a short text. You know, you have all this information you want to include. Oh, maybe I should mention this. Maybe I should, I should bring this up. Oh, I don't want to forget to bring up this point. So it is difficult to make it brief, to make it concise. It, like I said, it does take practice and intention. So it's something everyone really should work on. Lexicon. Here are some of the lexicon words we talked about today. Brevity, small talk, at arm's length, escalate or escalation, register, salutation. Hope you enjoyed the episode today. Remember to go to the show notes and complete the quiz. I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on emails. What questions do you have about today's episode? On the show notes, you can post any questions or comments you have. It's a great way to practice and improve your legal English skills. Go to the website, 4 is in the number 4, legalenglish, no spaces or dashes, dot com. 4legalenglish.com Check out our blog articles and show notes for this episode. And see if we have a quiz for the episode. It would be fantastic if you could subscribe Give five stars in a review for the podcast. If you write a great review, maybe I'll even read it on air. So start writing. The Four Legal English Podcast is adjourned. Don't miss the next docket call.